All right, and welcome back to another episode of the Truth and Transparency Podcast with your host, Brother X, and the Culture Scientist. And shout out to people not paying attention in class, man. You're the one that makes the teacher repeat instructions all the time. But here on the Truth and Transparency Podcast, we talk openly, honestly, about everything in between, why people can't get right, why people don't listen to instructions. Everybody has a good friend in me. Um, Lord, we just coming for you right now, asking that this episode be blessed. <laughs> but um, in all seriousness, let's, let, let's get to the point. So on the Truth and Transparency Podcast, we're all across a bunch of different platforms. We just want to thank all of our listeners for all the support. We are steadily making our way to 2,000 plays across all seven podcasting platforms. And also, as we grow on social media, please continue to support that. Make sure you follow those. All that information will be in the show notes, as well as uh, at the end of the show. So make sure you stay tuned in so you can get that information. So you can also email us. So with that being said, we actually got a full house today, man. We got some people over at the house. We told them to keep their shoes off of the table. So um, first of all, we're going to introduce um, our friend that don't know how to follow directions. Um, um, please introduce yourself. If you're talking about me. I mean, you're the only person. <laughs> I mean, it's supposed to show in the beginning of the episode. Hi, guys. This is Nurse Joy. Long time no see. How y'all doing? Just want to give y'all, you know, the prelude to the to the new show that's coming out in 2023. Um, Brother X don't know about this yet, but uh, the culture scientist knows that uh, the spinoff. Um, Mr. Smith, you know what it is. You see this part right here? You know how to cut it, right? Yeah, cut right there, Thompson. All right, carry on. The spinoff of uh, Culture Scientist and uh, Nurse Joy coming to a high season near you. <laughs> so, uh, Mr. Smith, yeah, go ahead, Thompson. All right, moving on. All right, um, uh, I'm going to save him for last. So, we have a new guest with us, um, a very avid watcher of Black culture and whatnot. Um, please introduce yourself. Hey, my name is Ayat, and I am the Cultured Scientist's co-worker. Um, and so, yeah, we've been getting together just at work talking about Insecure, and she invited me to be this on this episode. So I'm very happy to be here. Welcome, welcome, man. I mean, we got some drinks and refreshments in the bag, but we appreciate you joining us. Now, I know y'all been asking for him. We talk about him all the time. This man is the Dickler Supreme. The red hair assassin, the man of many beards and many names. There ain't a hoe that didn't like him. This man, he will steal your daddy if you let him. Corona. Um, the MVP of season one. Uh, Kelsey, please introduce yourself. It's your daddy's favorite homo, Kelsey in the building. <laughs> and yes, I will steal your father, especially if he got a boat. That being said, I'm currently in Seattle and I'm looking for men with boats. So if any of y'all are listening, I am available for boat shit. Hey, there it is. <laughs> that boat shit. And you know I would be remiss if we didn't go ahead and shout out our amazing sound engineer, um, Doug Demadone, Bible Ghost West, Part 73, Michael Blackson's illegitimate son, uh, the winner of the head headbutting contest out in Maryland, the man with the crispiest of hairlines and satin do rags, the man that never met a crab ball he didn't like. Mr. Smith, introduce yourself. One, actually, I have met a crab ball that I didn't like because the motherfuckers didn't boil it correctly. Two, 
you ain't shit because I'm not that black. And three, and most importantly, it's your favorite fed's favorite fed, Mr. Smith, also known as Mr. And I want to thank all of the listeners for the plays, the subscriptions, the comments, keep feeding us, and we will keep feeding y'all. And of course, because the fact that we have the season one MVP, it's only right that I play his tagline because who would I be, who would we be if we didn't play it? So I mean, one thing about me is I'm a hoe. Just, just say it. <laughs> so you already know what type, what type of time we're going to be on today, man. So it's going to be a lot. We're going to go left. I apologize in advance. Um, but thank you guys for being on the episode today, man. We we came together. We I felt like we needed a plethora, you know, I'm trying to use big words in 2022, of people to be able to discuss this culture impacting show, Insecure. But we're going to get back to that later. But on first, so listeners, um, if you've ever been on a flight before and you've heard people talk about um, uh, they make announcements, let you know what you can and can't do. Make sure you put you have your seatbelt and you're trading upright position, all that stuff. Um, listeners, please tell me or please listen and, and think about what would you respond if you hear the following? Mr. Smith, play the clip. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. If you look to the right side of your aircraft, you will notice flight 198 challenging us to a race. I've turned the faucet seatbelt sign back on because shit is about to get real. Yes, listeners, you just heard that correctly. Um, so if you ever hear uh, the pilot ever say, yeah, shit's about to get real, um, you're probably on Spirit Airlines. But we're not going to talk about that. Yes, yeah, culture scientists. That plane is entirely way too close to my plane. Oh, yeah, no. If it's that close, it's a wrap. Why are we so close? Because you're about to become a spirit. Uh, yes, yeah, so you have any initial thoughts from that? Uh, Mr. Smith? Um. I agree with culture scientists. That is definitely way too close. And then the second thing, this reminds me of, um, I want to say it was Costa Rica, where we got back a smooth three hours faster than we should have because that pilot put his foot on the damn paddle getting us oh. back to New York. Oh, it was so bad. A six-hour flight turned in like three hours. Yep. Crazy. That's dangerous. It's Yes, I'm, that I'm, and we I'm, hit the turbulence, and this man stopped down swagging like ain't nobody's business. Hey, 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 hey. But um, yes, Kelsey. I just want to say I don't know what in the Fast and Furious is going on here, but um, uh, no, absolutely not. If a plane is that close to me while I'm in another plane, I'm, we about to die. That's it. That's it. And once we land, if we land, um, the the pilot he gonna get these hands. Because I ain't got time. Yeah. That's fair. Any other thoughts? I just have to say, if I see that shit, I'm immediately closing my eyes. I cannot do that. (laughs) I was thinking about where is the jet, where are the um, the parachutes? They got them on commercial airlines. (laughs) I'm like, oh, y'all racing? Okay. I'm out. I'm about to say, you better get a blanket from first class. That's about it. Mm. Uh. Nurse Joy, did you have any thoughts? Hell to the no, to the no, 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 because I will not to be on that flight. <laughs> All right, so um, now we're actually going to go ahead, once I've kind of shared this with, uh, get everybody warmed up. Now, mind you, it's going to be our next segment where we actually talk about stories that we find across social media and other things that we find interesting. And if you don't understand, it's kind of like when a Black person is telling a story and they want to tell a pivotal moment where they say, now, mind you, 
So first and foremost, um, I got a story about one of my second jobs. So I was working at um, Box Lunch, and if you want to sponsor us, please do. Please um, do. But so I was working there, and I was checking out a customer uh, yesterday, and they had went to another company named Lush. Um, Lush, if you want to sponsor us, you can too. But um, so, I like all your bath bombs. So funny enough, you bring that up. So while the customer is checking out, they're talking about all the purchases. They're kind of they we they spend quite a bit of money. So they spent over like $100 worth in our store. And then they were kind of nervous because they just spent another 100 at lunch. Damn, that's a lot of money. It is, but here's the thing. So there was a sale going on. So um, they showed us one of the bath bombs. Can anybody take a guess on what the bath bomb looked like? Like a pussy. Nope. Oh. No. What? 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 Like a penis. No. Well, get it closer, but no. Like a penis. Uh, if it's not a vagina and it's not a penis. A booty hole? <laughs> no. <laughs> you had to know who was going in that I, direction. I, I, I knew this. Uh, I asked, do you have a guess? It doesn't got to be ridiculous like us. No? Okay. Um, <laughs> Nurse Joy, how are you going to shake a bath bomb like a booty hole? I mean, you can make, you can make a bath <laughs> bomb with the butt cheek at the crevice and have the You shake it like a peach, I guess. Actually, let me look one up and I'll show you. Hold on. Uh, no. We're not doing this. <laughs> Not on my podcast, maybe on yours, but not on mine. <laughs> so listeners, um, this young lady bought purchase. It was a sale. It was like a three for three for one sale on eggplant shaped bath bombs. Oh, so it did. Yeah. Yeah. So shaped like they put it. Literally, if, and I don't know if I have the link. I don't know if Mr. Smith can pull it up um, in time. But literally, it was a full on actual size eggplant and listeners if you are not hip to the um emojis eggplant is referred to in some circles as a penis in most circles so um yeah yeah yes kelsey what was she planning on doing with said bath bomb these are decent sizes <laughs> now mind you this thing is 14.95 yes so <laughs> this is not 14.95 <laughs> yes um Listeners, the reason why I was so funny outside of just being the eggplant was the fact that I'm in the middle of folding shirts at, at Box Lunch and literally this customer shows it. I see it out of the corner. I'm like, oh, okay. It's like making little miniature ones, miniature ones, because you think of bath bombs are not that big. When I saw that thing pull out the bag, I'm like, ma'am, what is wrong with you? Is it is there something that you need to tell us about your life that you need to get handled? Yes, coach scientist. Can I read the description? Yes, go ahead. This is from their website. Yes. <clears throat> Big eggplant bath bomb lush cosmetics at nine inches long. Big eggplant is for anyone who loves to go big with an energizing scent that will keep them happy for hours. Free shipping over sixty dollars. Yes, Kelsey. A gay man wrote that. <laughs> um, I know. Very confident. Is. I'm very confident. You are right. I was not expecting that description. Um, Mr. Smith, you 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 cackling over there? You all right? <laughs> so um, yeah, listeners, the things that I hear and see when I'm working my other job is it, crazy. I have to have an episode about it one day, maybe. Uh, yes, Kelsey. I will say that's not the strangest thing I've heard of going into a hole. That's true. Moving on. <laughs> All right. Um, 
I just think how rough it is. That just sounds terrible. Good God. If she puts it in and then gets but in the But the crazy part about it is if someone actually inside. did it, it would, it would dissolve, right? That's, that's that's what I just say. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. That's why I just if you think about it, like you you put it in and then you get into the bath and then it like it does. Oh, it, so actually it, putting it in, it starts to explode. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. I love how we're all assuming that she's gonna use it as a dildo. Um Yeah, we are. <laughs> get the towel set ready. <laughs> not, not that not that she will but you know that's what my mind went first i mean we would be all immature adults if we didn't think that all right so we're actually going to move on to the next story so we've all been in situations where we've been at a place of work the way we did not to enjoy it um it's more of an audio this time but you got one more so i want you guys to listen to how this um this worker decided to uh quit said job let's tune in mrs smith play the clip yeah, I got COVID. Oh no, how are you feeling now? I'm better. I told Lynn and Kevin last week, so I was kind of confused on why Kevin was emailing me, asking me where I was at. But anyways, that's not why I joined the meeting. So I don't know how y'all gonna take this, quite honestly. Pause. So um, listeners, if you haven't figured out already, when someone gets ready to say that, you know me some shit's about to pop off right after, but let's continue not care but this is me telling you guys that i am leaving the company this is not the type of company that i prefer to work for i don't know what psc you got going on but yeah this is me leaving and letting you guys know that i will not be returning so if someone could reach out to me preferably email since that's the way that kevin decided to contact me instead of calling me via the telephone pause i guess we need a paper. that's him that's her reading him to phil on the meeting continue trail but there's no paper trail that needs to be made because i am quitting um i do have a new job already lined up so i do feel sorry for you guys that are still stuck here but corsica thank you for everything and all of your time i do appreciate you so again if someone could reach out to me via email preferably on how i can get you guys your equipment back that would be lovely um so yeah so i'm not gonna lie as her boss i probably will not reach out to her via email she just will be quit and we're done you would think so, man, but like it, when I heard this, I was like, now if there was ever a petty but professionally petty way of resigning from a job, um, I always think this would be it. Um, anybody kind of feel that way or feel like they would do something like that? I will say to you, um, I would also not want to reach out to her, but she did say to return the equipment. So she probably has like a computer and everything with like sensitive information on it. So because of that, she probably they would have to reach out to her to like figure out how to get that back. Um, but uh, but I mean, I love the audacity of it all. That's fair. I love the drama. Hey, cause like you, there's a certain level of petty that means you already knew you weren't gonna be on, be at this job. So you hopped on a Zoom meeting, which guarantees she probably didn't even have a camera on, which, cause I feel like that's how I would do it if it was me. And Lily hopped on and said her piece, and Lily got off before anybody could respond. Mr. Smith, you had something? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> number one, she was fed up. You can hear it the entire conversation. She just like, listen, I had COVID. That's not why I'm here. Um, <laughs> the reason I'm here is I don't know how y'all going to take this. When she said, and quite honestly, I don't care. I was like, oh, yeah. She is past. She literally, if I may quote a, a, a meme or a song, Fuck this shit, I'm out. Mm -mm. Literally, that's how she did that. She literally was just like, 
you can email me and you can get this equipment and GTFO. Point blade period. So um, kudos. If, if, if only a lot of us had that bravery and um, also the bank accounts to match said bravery because I'm sure to hell don't. But she did it. She did it in the correct way, which was. She had a job lined up. Right. Yes. You can't just quit like that and not have a job lined up. She said, you all look crazy. She said, I'm going to have a job. I don't need your letter record, motherfucker. Day, Sean. So I'm going <laughs> to quit like this. Yes. She uh, probably finessed it even before they even knew it. Like, hey, can you talk to this person? I just need some information. Just, she had the trap already set up and they felt, they just ate it. They oh, just yeah. ate it. I want the whole tea. I want to know what led to that point. I want to know oh, what his name, Kevin. I want to know what the fuck he did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need to know what happened with Kevin. I need all the details. Because um, Kevin clearly fucked up. Um, I'm, I'm going to go into my third eye, and, uh, I, and I'm, I'm sensing a very unseasoned, a very non-lotion using caucus person name must be Kevin. Do you want to play Kevin and I play her? Yes, 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 yes. Go ahead. Good. So, so, so we're back in what the fuck studios for part uh, 75 of reenactments. Um, we're here with the coach of scientists who's going to be playing uh, the co the worker that's quitting and I'll be playing. Hi, my name is Kevin. That's my brother's name. <laughs> I'm Kevin Eldrick the third. Um, so, um, <laughs> yes. So, um, I'm at my desk right now. I'm talking about the email. So, um, yes. So we'll, we'll use, um, we'll use the name. Of, I forget. Did I say her name? Shaniqua. All right, so we want to use Shaniqua. So Shaniqua, I've noticed that you have not been in the office and we've been having some information that we needed from your project you were working on. Could you please let us know what's going on with you? Send. I have submitted before, um, per my email the other day, that I have COVID and um, I will be out due to my COVID. Um, and but there's some particular information that you need. How about you be a little bit more specific, please? I'm sorry to hear that you have COVID. And I understand that it can be a very trying time as well as dealing with certain symptoms and whatnot. But what I would really like for you to, if you can, if you have the energy to be able to send me information from the project you were working on before you went out so that we are able to move forward with the assignment so we can have everything on schedule. Kevin, once again, per my previous email, what information, Kevin? Fast forward one week. All right, so hey guys, we're ready here for the email uh, for our staff meeting. Everybody's here. Oh, nice to see you guys. I like if you can turn on your cameras, it, it helps us have the morale of everyone. So, um, um, Michelle, can you go ahead and um, start the meeting? Why, yes, yes, we can do that. All that stuff. Oh, is this Shaniqua? Hey, we, welcome. Did you have something you want to share with us? Because I know you emailed me. Yes, I emailed you. Okay. Um. So what was that? So it was kind of weird because you said that you needed to make an announcement to everyone in the meeting. I didn't say that. I'm sorry, what was it that you did say then? I want to fucking quit. Let me the fuck out of this place, Kevin. But, but, but I, but I'm no, Kevin, fuck this job. But I'm Michelle. Kevin. Michelle didn't do nothing. Michelle, Kevin, you know. I'm Kelly. I'm fuck. Michelle and Kelly. We, 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 we did. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa there. Don't you come from my Kelly boo. I, but I'm Michelle. I'm the token one. Anyway, moving forward. All right. That was bad. Moving forward. <laughs> So, um, yes, that's probably what it seemed like. 
Y'all are silly. That's all I gotta say. How did y'all get Beyonce and Destiny's Child in there? <laughs> saying names, and then he went to Kelly somehow. I, I used then... the name Michelle for for the main person. It just went from there. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I, I honestly don't know where my mind goes sometimes. That just... wasn't that wasn't one of our best what the fuck studios. Yeah, really. <laughs> I'm about to say we we got enough in the budget. We'll it's, we'll hire a tire for next one. All right. So yeah. So we're actually gonna move on from this. So. I don't know about you guys, but there are places that I don't tell people that I frequent or I go to because, um, yeah, they, they, they're very questionable. But um, one in particular is Cracker Barrel. So, uh, Coach of Scientists, can you read the caption on this video? Cracker Barrel ordered to pay $9 million after serving guest cleaning solution. What? Whoa. Yeah. I mean, that- Cracker Barrel, I don't like it so people like to eat you, but damn, y'all. I was like, I will never admit in person that I eat Cracker Barrel. We all know you racist as fuck, but them biscuits bomb. I mean, the, the apple jam, yeah. are delicious. Huh. No, you know, because they got the rocket chairs on the front, so you know it's real racist. Oh, they no, got the store in the front. Oh, yeah, but no, this- man, they food vegan. I see more black people like Cracker Barrel than I do white people sometimes. You know, and maybe the main one talking shit. No, nah, I, I need you to know. With them. Uh, I be in there. It's like how we are with Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A got some very harmful views about the LBGQ plus community, but um, I, I'm, I, I usually only go once a year. I'm gonna bash it to barely Chick Fil A. I barely go mm-hmm. to Cracker Barrel, but when I do, no, I'm happy. <laughs> We, we, do. we don't tell nobody. It's, it's one of the things like it's one of those moments. You know, don't judge me. Let it go, listeners. Don't judge us. But um, Mrs. Smith, go ahead and play the clip. In a lawsuit against Cracker Barrel, Cronin's attorney Thomas Greer says his client was served a chemical that's a sanitizer. Twelve jurors deliberated for three days last week. Cracker Barrel had unsafe policies and procedures, and they had unsafe training for training their servers to soak the parts of a soda fountain machine, which is little black pieces that unscrew from the soda fountain machine. And they were training their servers to soak those parts in an unmarked water pitcher like this with a mixture of a commercial grade bleach called echo sand and water. Court records indicate in 2014, Cronin, a then Marion County resident, stopped by the Cracker Barrel in Kimball, Tennessee for lunch and asked for water. His lawyer says the server used a pitcher that contained echo sand or sanitizer and poured it in his cup. He says the sanitizer had been left overnight in the pitcher in the food service area. He takes three or four big gulps of the liquid before realizing that it was not water. He immediately has intense burning in his mouth and throat. He can't breathe. He starts coughing up um, bloody mucus. Greer told Channel 3 Cronin was rushed to the ER and this EchoSan safety data sheet was faxed over to the hospital, showing that Cracker Barrel was aware of the incident. Cracker Barrel responded to the verdict and accusation, saying, while we have great respect for the legal process, we are obviously disappointed by and strongly disagree with the jury's award in this case, which involved an unfortunate and isolated incident that occurred at one of our stores eight years ago. Compensatory damages were 730000 for economic damages, $3.6 million for non-economic damages, and the punitive damages of $5 million. Greer says the jury decided their verdict in under 30 minutes. Those are designed to do is not to compensate my client, but to punish Cracker Barrel for its egregious misconduct and to send a message 
to restaurants across the state of Tennessee that this is an unsafe practice. So I'm quoting scientists, you seem very bewildered by this. Did you have any thoughts? How you not know you drinking bleach? Bleach got a smell. I don't care how long it sit out. It still got a smell. That, that was the first thing. Like, how are you taking three, four gulps and you just not know? Like, do you just drink bleach on the regular? Do you drink, like, do you chase it with, with some Clorox? What are we doing? I thought this was a setup. Because I'm not, okay, I'm not defending them because that was stupid and they need to do better and they need to do safe practices. At the same time, I'm pretty sure that's not the only type of place that, that like, that's normal to soak stuff like that. In yeah. Life. Like, well, my thing is, if you're going to do that, don't do that in a, in a picture that they, that's unlabeled. I mean, yeah, that yeah. part I'm in agreement with you, but I still don't see how, I don't see a waiter picking up, because even after a day, bleach turns yellow. Like, Trust me, remember, I have a lot of experience with bleach. This sounds very questionable. I'm <laughs> very concerned. Di even diluted bleach, you can smell it. So I just don't understand how it got that far. That's And that's a lot of money. Like, dog, that is, like, so I need him. I'm in my case, but you know what my other I'm about to say, we, don't, we can't talk about that for legal reasons. We're going to move on past that. Uh, Kelsey, go ahead. <clears throat> First of all, I want to say that working in the food and drug industry, I am aware that everything should be labeled. So that was a huge um, error on Cracker Barrel's part. Um, second of all, what do you expect from a place called Cracker Barrel? I'm surprised that <laughs> they food don't actually come out in barrels. Um, and third of all, how the fuck did it take eight years? Like, and that shit happened to me. I want my money tomorrow. Like, what you mean? I know you got it, so go ahead, put it in my account. We ain't gonna drag this shit out. Goodbye. Like, like they said that this this trial happened over three days. I'm like, dog, I don't know. Like you even heard when they said like they only deliberated for 30 minutes. It was like, yeah, no, nah, they did that. Yeah, go ahead, run them the money. Like it should be an open <laughs> closed case. They should have went ahead and go ahead and settled out of court. Cause it's like, why are you fighting this when you say you are aware of the situation? Yup. You might as well just give a little bit of money. You probably would have had to give away less if you did it right up front. Right. Uh, anyone else have thoughts on that? Mr. Smith? So, the first thing, I agree with Coach Scientist. How do you not know? After the first, I, I'll give you one goal. Because maybe you were just thirsty. You just was like, all right, I need to throw this back. But after that, you're like, black people we know. This don't taste right. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Nope, put it down. Nope, don't want to do it. Mm -mm, not even going to do it. Mm -mm, not happening. Secondly, the Cracker Bell spokesperson saying you have great respect for the legal process, but you're disappointed and strongly disagree with the jury's work. My nigga, you just fast my bleach. <laughs> like you fast somebody bleach and they went to the hospital and you even faxed over the sanitation thing that you gave him. You did it. It's like, what did, what did Uncle Russell say? Guilty. That nigga is guilty. Hey, the nigga right now. I got the rope right now. That's what that is. That's how guilty you are. And then lastly, $9 million, $9 million, mm -hmm. um, yeah. That's all. This man has way too much power. <laughs> we do give, we, we do, gave we him way too much power. power. <laughs> uh, I was going to say real quick, because you know how you were talking about Uncle Ruckus? I was, when you said it, I was thinking about glove, don't fit, must quit. We all know OJ did it. <laughs> so you admit it. You know you did it. 
Kelsey, you have some notes? Yeah, just to piggyback off of what uh, <clears throat> Mr. Smith said, like, yeah, they like, how are you going to say that uh, we have respect for, you know, that, uh, that they didn't want to, what, how do they phrase that? Oh yeah, they disagreed with the uh, jury's award in the case. I'm like, yeah, of course you do because it's coming out of your check, but you're lucky you're not getting charged with attempted murder, for real, for real. Hey, talk about <laughs> I mean, it could have been a lot worse and if it was me, it would have been because I'd have came out with something broke, something would have been messed up for life, some would have, oh, I'd have got all my coins, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I buy my own, become my own figure daddy. Ow. <laughs> Speak on it, man. That so. Um, before we move on, was there any other thoughts? All right. So we're actually going to switch lanes real quick to go ahead and get into. Um, this is usually in the episode where we actually talk about our black business highlight, but in particular this week, I want to highlight a very near and dear business to our hearts. Um, first and foremost, I would like to shout out um, our massage therapist Meg. She is a massage therapist and owner of Balance and Wellness Massage in the Cary Morrisville area. Get booked, get on her book to have a relaxing therapeutic professional massage. She'll help ease your aches and pains. Please help her out and support her small business. So again, that is Balance and Wellness Massage in the Cary Morrisville area. And coach scientist, can you give a testimony about this? I can absolutely give a testimony. Okay, go ahead, she go ahead. Massaged, she's been massaging me since what, 2011, 2012? Mm -hmm. And she knows my back the best. Oh my goodness, she's so great. And she's patient. She is. And she makes sure everything goes well and smooth for you. And all the money goes directly to her, not some other business. And I can also attest to it because I've been a client of first for the last almost a year and some change. Almost two years? Almost two years. Almost two years. And she has been wonderful. She helps. Um, she's helped with a lot of stuff that I've had. I've had previous injuries, like car accidents and um, surgeries with like nerve stuff. And she has been very understanding. And it's very important that just like um, a man's relationship with his barber, it's just having a good, consistent massage therapist that understands your body and knows the kinks and everything else. You don't have to have what's understood doesn't have to be explained. So again, that is Balancing Wellness Massage located in the Cary Morrisville area in North Carolina. All of her information will be put in the show notes. Um, and with that being said, guys, uh, please check her out. And we're actually going to go ahead and switch lights into this week's Into episode. the part that y'all actually care about this week. Come on. We know. We want to talk about Insecure. So, I mean, if you click on this episode, you know that you see in the title, we're going to talk about the show Insecure. First and foremost, Listeners, if you don't know what insecure is, um, I'm need you to tap into Black culture real quick to understand that. I mean, have you been under a rock? You at least need to know what it is. I about to say, have you? Been, it's, it was like over a five year, five or six year period. Yeah, roughly. I about to say over a five six year period. Um, for those who don't know, it is the show was created by the co uh, content creator uh, Issa Rae. If you don't know who Issa Rae is at this point, check out check, her book called Awkward Black Girl. Um, check out for our digital uh, content as well. She has Issa Rae presents like her, she is, to use a very simple frame, she's that nigga. Um, I don't know why I use a derogatory term, but that, but you get my point exactly. So she is consecrated that created a show about five, six years ago by the name of Insecure, where she loosely based it off of her life in some ways. Some ways. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You guys can chime in. Uh, Mrs. Smith? Yeah, so... So like, it's not so much that she based it on her life, but it was more like the character grew as she grew in real life. 
So like the type of situations that she would get into in, or the type of situations that anybody would get into would be reflective of the current times of where we are in life as late 20, early 30 year old black African-American people. Thank you for saying what I was trying to say, but smart. Appreciate you. That's what we don't pay you for. All exactly. Right. <laughs> so in particular, we could spend most episodes talking about every season, but this week we want to focus on the most recent season, season five, correct? Season five? Yes. So in particular, we want to do a brief overview. Uh, Mrs. Smith, do you want to take the lead? I will, but I will say this. Even though you've already given the disclaimer, I'm going to give it again. Listeners, there will be spoilers. So watch the show if you don't want to get spoiled. But if you're okay with it, then keep listening. But if you watch the show, come back and listen because we need to listen. Continue. Um, for the overview for the season for me, this was a season of just basically like her stepping out and actually making the decisions that benefit herself. She was much more like always trying to think about how it's going to affect this person or that person or, you know, whether it be Molly, whether it be Lawrence, whether it be Nathan or um, Daniel. But in this one, she's more like actually stepping into her uh, vision of what she wanted to do to not only help the community, but also in her love life. Um, it also kind of focused on Molly a little bit more, which I was actually appreciative of because it showed the growth that she was from that, I'll say, broken kind of egotistical woman from season one to someone that's just kind of like, all right, this is where I'm at. This is where I need to be. This is who I'm going to be and go for it. I'm going to stop right there, but that's just my overview. I'm about to say, so I, I would say that it was more like, like with Molly in particular, I would say it was like, for those who don't know, um, season four, she, Molly almost goes through a, she became a villain of sorts or a foil to uh, Issa in a way. So you kind of saw the contrast of where they were at in their friendship and the Issa and Molly relationship in the show, in a lot of ways, is probably the core or it is the backbone of the show in a lot of ways. Yeah, they had a, a lot of other friend groups in this, but ultimately it was their relationship that was a constant focus throughout all five seasons. Right. The show was never, I'm, I'm going, well, let's just bring it there. Okay. The show was never about her and her love life, at least not in my opinion. Okay. The show was always about her and Molly, her and her girlfriends, and then what stemmed from there. Then it was allowed to grow and let the men have their own, like, some story for them and things. But it was always about that friendship. And I think it's important to look at that, especially for women nowadays, is it shows it's okay to get in that argument, but you need to be able to find a way back to each other mm -hmm. in a way that it does take growth and it does be able to talk. And y'all not always going to see eye to eye. Right. And the fact that, you know, they they grew from these insecure friends mm -hmm. to now like, you know, they're less insecure. They're a little bit more, you know, they have they stable. have security in their relationships. They have some security and, and in their life. relationships. That it's never going to be perfect, of course. Mm -hmm. But I think that was what was the beauty behind it all. Because I was team nobody. We're going to get into that because we need to have some some very, I have thoughts and opinions that are not necessarily agreed upon on <laughs> amongst these people here. But um, just let's go ahead for our guests. Were there any like takeaways or anything that you think that we may have missed in like overview for the season? No, I feel like y'all hit on the nail as far as uh, the view from each side. I really liked Marcus's description. Same with yours, Tia. It just... I mean, those both y'all combined, 
I feel like as an African-American female, and this is me speaking for myself, I, there has always been a character that I can relate to or I have related to throughout the whole season. Um, of course, you know, the classic is Issa. I feel like the things that she's gone through, and that's why I feel like this is the most relatable show that I've kept up with it with the predominantly uh, African-American production crew and director. I mean, it's just pinpoint. Um, so yeah, I think Issa knew what she was doing. She knew she wanted these five seasons and she knew the point of how black people can get so tired of shows that were just run down. Like, for example, can any of y'all remember how the Cosby show ended? Can any of y'all remember the last episode of that? But then on Fresh Prince, everybody can remember the last episode of Fresh Prince. Mm -hmm. So that's how Issa wanted it to be. She didn't want it to be this long, drawn out season after season. She wanted people to get their point. Okay, now on to new ventures because I got new babies I need to grow to make it in this world. That's true. So I just love that woman all together. She's just, she's just so iconic. She's she, everything. She, she's phenomenal, man. Um, yeah. That she's done from one point to another. Um, Aya or uh, Kelsey, did you have something? Yeah, um, I just... Uh... I also, like all of us, love Issa. Like, I am borderline obsessed with this woman. Like, <laughs> it's just so good at what she does. It's just, and to see her growth from Awkward Black Girl on YouTube through uh, Insecure on HBO was just incredible. And then to see her character growth from season one of Insecure for, to being, like, incredibly uh insecure awkward like all of those things to like not really having direction or really a passion in life to her in this final season being like having fully realized like and being comfortable with who she is what she does what she brings to the table and be so confident and sure of herself like that was that was masterful how they how the writers and her and everyone involved like just they knocked it out of the park. And it, the series, I feel, was actually the perfect length. Um, not too long, not too short. Like, they they made the points they wanted to make, and they did it extremely well. Um, I mean, this is what happens when you have a an incredibly talented writer's room, a talented, um, like, you know, uh, act, actor pool. Like, everything that, everything that everyone brought to the table was so was so right was so necessary and so needed and yeah i just love it i love everything about it uh, i'll um tack on to what kelsey was saying you know the just the growth and of, of evolution of isa during all five seasons has been incredible to watch you know um starting out in season one working at we got y'all where she just wasn't sure what you know what she wanted to do, wasn't really enjoying what she was doing, um, feeling like she was exploiting a lot of the kids that she was working with, um, onto, you know, creating the block, um, which was her own little venture that she grew. And over time, we saw the development of that and how, you know, a lot of people were super into it. And, you know, she was able to kind of tap into her roots and show off the LA that she loves so much. Um, and I think that, you know, she mentions that Insecure is kind of her love letter to LA, which I really 
really can appreciate the fact that she loves her own hometown so much that she can create a show around it and highlight what she loves the most about it. And, and, and I think that's a really great way to put it because and it's just to echo everybody's point, it's just like when when you have a purpose and you have the end goal in sight, it is very clear the pathway that you go there. One thing that really stuck out to me before we kind of move into the next part is that there were, it's like she said, like there were, the writing was so good is that you didn't have one note characters. It was very hard in, in between to find any character that was major in the story that was just a one note person. Like it was one of those things where it's like, yo, oh, he's just the guy I love interest or oh, she's just the angry black woman or oh, he's just this, that, and third. You, there was layers and there was never words like, yeah, I'm 100% on this on this person's side. Like for example, one of the biggest controversies that came out of the show, it was after the end of the first season where there's the conflict between Team Lawrence and Team Issa where um, there's an issue of cheating. Now, whether you fell on one side or the other, it was very compelling because what they did, they didn't just make it, oh, this person cheated, they're in the wrong, and now they're trying to rectify it, and someone is trying to get their get back, but they actually showed that there's more and deeper layers to it, and there's other things, the work that needs to be done outside of those two in order to, for there to even be a possibility for the future, which comes full circle later on in this conversation. Mrs. Smith? You said, so we were on the moments that stuck out to us, correct? Yeah. Okay. Oh, we're moving. So, we're moving into it. Yeah, we're, kind of we're moving into it. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll go ahead. I'll let you intro it first then. Oh, I was that's fine. I wanted to say really before we move on. Yeah, go ahead. Everybody's talking about Issa. Like, so you know when Issa be rapping in the in the uh, bathroom in the bathroom? Why? I feel like that's like me inside all the time. Um, <laughs> listeners, let, let me let you know it's not just her on the inside. I live with her. She does it on the outside as well. Don't let her fool you. But like, I feel like it's nice when you can see characters that you see yourself. Because I see myself as a mixture. Like, okay, I always say Joy is one of my best friends. I feel like me and Joy, we ebb and we, we go in between being Molly and Issa. Mm. Sometimes she's Molly, sometimes I'm Issa. Sometimes she's Molly, sometimes, you know, vice versa. And like, that's really a beautiful feeling to be able to have when you watch a show. Because clearly the show made you feel a lot of things and you couldn't just say yes or no on each part. Yeah. So like... I mean, that, oh, that talks briefly to the whole conversation of representation and what does that actually mean like whether it's for Black Panther whether it's Shang-Chi in the Marvel Universe or whether it's um, Insecure or whether it's Blackish or whether it's whatever form of media that gives you representation that helps make you feel seen and you're able to make a connection with like for example Encanto listeners don't judge me I haven't seen it yet but I will probably by the end of this week and I'll watch it but ultimately, everybody's able to see representation in that, which is important. But that's a whole nother conversation for another day. Um, but we should, do a, we should do an episode on representation. I agree. I agree. So now that we kind of give it our overview of the show, the last season, we didn't want to get too heavy into the spoilers. But um, were there moments in this particular season that stuck out to you personally? And if you can kind of give a little bit of background, if it's like one of those like very niche things about the season. Uh, Coach of Sciences. Spoiler alert all the way, 1,000%. Okay? If you have not seen Listen. this season or the show. Or been on social media. Or have a black friend. Molly found love. Molly got married. That right there, for me, 
it wasn't just the fact that she found love and got married. You watched her grow. And then even in this season, you watched her settle into who she really is and be able to love somebody else that she didn't think would be the person for her. It's always that person that you don't think is going to be the person for you that ends up being that person. I truly believe that in many aspects. Are you speaking from personal experience? Slightly, I'm talking from personal experience, but I'm also talking from watching other people. Okay, I just have to check and make sure. But um, anyone else have any moments that stuck out to them? Um, Mr. Smith. So there were a couple of quotables that I wrote down as it happened. I was like, whoa, that was a bar, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when Lawrence and chad were talking when lawrence was uh griping about um his baby being born and condola not really giving him a lot of like she's giving a lot of grief chad said you know uh lawrence said you know i didn't i didn't plan for my first baby to go like this and chad said everybody got a plan to get punched in the mouth i was like "Ooh, that was good right i I was like for anyone to say that chad you are the perfect person to say that because he's so Um, silent I know, but then he just gives you that joke. You're like, oh, ooh, ooh, that's okay. what you do there. Um, when they were at the beach mm-hmm. and Kelly and um, Molly are whooping them dudes' asses in spades, and Kelly out of nowhere says, Someone call us a librarian because we get books. I literally thought that was me and you. <laughs> so we was, uh, when we was at that cookout, yes. and, we ran, and we ran a 10 hand to get off in the first hand. <laughs> That's how I feel. I was like, oh, the DFAC, the one I was there. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, and then the last one, which I'm still surprised this is the person that said it. Um, when they had the girls' night at Issa's house. Mm-hmm. And so they're talking about um, decisions being made. Right. And, you know, they were saying, like, oh, Issa, well, you, you dodged a bullet. You made the right decision. And Tiffany said, how is it the right decision? And when they explained it, she said, well, sometimes it's not about making a smart choice. It just has to make sense to you. And it doesn't have to be the smart choice to be the right choice. I said, oh, Tiffany, I mm-hmm. was not expecting that, but that spoke to my soul. Okay. They was in their bag. They was in their bag. Ayette or uh, Kelsey? Yeah. Um, I was going to say, going back to what culture scientists said, Molly's dress at her wedding was incredible. <sighs> I had full body chills. Yes. I couldn't get over it. Um, I did not expect her to get with Torian at all, but again, love happens. Mm-hmm. Um, Kelly refining herself after she died. <laughs> through the whole season. Um, Prenny's preguntas. Um, and one point that I really appreciated, um, I think this was something that Prentice talked about um, after one of the episodes. It was after the finale where, you know, Tiffany wanted all of them to get together for each other's birthdays. And there was a birthday where Molly couldn't make it. And he said that that was very purposeful just to point out that, you know, sometimes we make these promises and we can't always follow through. Um, And I thought that that was really important to show. Because it's real life. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's there's a very authenticity to all the experiences that these people have, whether it's um, Tiffany after she had her child and what she went through, or trying to, like Kelly, when she was trying to figure out, re, like you said, reinvent herself, figure out who she was. Um, Issa having a, a crisis of conscience with between the two, whether doing this job that she's starting to make headway with or being true to her vision. Yo, her visions be crazy. So, I mean, 
I was gonna say that one vision where she Kobe jaw into the trash can killed me. <laughs> like, How you gonna shoot a baby like Kobe with the baby? What? No, was it me. was. Oh, go ahead, oh, go, go ahead, Kelsey. Kelsey. That was me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yes, Kelsey. Uh, it was yes, the- Kelsey. We we know how you feel. We're not gonna get into that. All right, uh, <laughs> Mr. Smith. It was the fact that she that she literally held little Jot and it said, "Fuck them kids," and then Kobe the shit. They drop kicked Condola into the basket and then bucked it. Lawrence said, "You want some too, nigga?" Oh, I lost it. I laughed from a good healthy place on that. So one. the irony in that moment, as we came full circle, because again, spoilers, to go from that moment right there when they're in the hospital to the last scene that you yeah. see in the show mm-hmm. where. Lawrence, Issa, and Ja are all together in the same house. And for those who didn't look, notice, she did have a ring on her finger. We take what you want from that. So if you didn't peep that, that's a little Easter egg. But it's so much that's that's good storytelling because like you allowed the whole process. There are moments where they could have very easily just said, "Oh, this is a sad moment." Fast forward. This is how they they've already recovered or had a conversation. One of the most beautiful things that stuck out to me in the show that they did a lot was the conversations like they took time to sit in those very uncomfortable spaces to discuss things one of the biggest things that you see with molly is that all the stuff that went on with uh molly's mother where they had an introduction of hey i need for you to get your like your will and t- like all that stuff in order and it was such a big thing and then you see the progression of it so like okay it went from molly trying to have this conversation to Colleen and kelly to getting this stuff in order to the next point being or having the stroke and then going to recovering. And then ultimately later on, it was like at one of the birthdays, she found out that her mother passed away. So you see that the whole gambit of the storytelling and you did it in such a fashion that it never felt like you were just getting exposition. It was just being force fed to you. you just, it made natural progression. Like, oh, I get where this is going. Um, Mrs. Smith and then Kelsey. Um, so to that, it was... Uh... Tiffany's birthday because they were in Colorado when it happened and then the last thing uh the last moment that stuck out to me because you were talking about conversations Molly and Issa when mm. they are standing after she's married listeners if you ever want to have a tearjerker that wasn't Molly talking to Issa that was Yvonne Orgy talking to Issa because you could see from Issa's face that it was like shit this isn't scripted and you could tell from her face she's like damn this bitch about to make me cry and they both just stood, like you, you had to sit in that moment and be like, damn. And, and this is how we're going to end off the series. Like, that's how we're going to end it. All of us going to be sad. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Princess, I see you. Touche. Touche. Uh, Kelsey. I, I love how like the person you uh, relate to in the series the most can like change like so quickly like at the drop of a hat with whatever's going on in their lives and I think this was like this season was like the first time that I like really related to Tiffany because I also moved um away from all of my friends as well uh so like just having that part of Tiffany's story I was like oh fuck like (laughs) I don't want you to go But um, yeah, it was, I don't know, it was great uh, seeing that and how how they dealt with that and how they continue to like still still be together and uh, maintain their friendships. And I love how like no matter what 
happens to them, how it may take some time, but they're always able to like, you know, come back together and like talk through it and work through it like um, adults should be able to do. Um, not all adults can do that as we all know very well. <laughs> it's really dark on the podcast and I don't talk about that. Yes, culture scientists, you know what I'm getting at, but uh, <laughs> yeah, um, no, it was really great. So just seeing Issa and Molly like come back together and and to be essentially the last two standing in that episode, they obviously weren't the last two, but like that, it just drove home the point that the story of the entire series was Issa and Molly. Like that's, and I loved that they just really put the exclamation point on that. Mm. And it was about finding love within yourself. Yeah, I mean, find that confidence. And one thing I will say that I found, well, as I kind of shared some things that stuck out to me is that Although people who were into the show, there was, there was a lot of teams. There's a point where it's Team Lawrence versus Team Issa, or Team Issa versus Team Molly, or even Team Lawrence versus Team Nathan. And even within all those conversations, they did very good writing because, like I said earlier, how Issa and Lawrence ended up together. At the beginning of the season, Issa and Lawrence break up. And because Issa just found out that Lawrence had the kids, she, couldn't, she realized she couldn't handle it. And from that point, she goes through a process of trying to figure out what exactly is that she wants. And although she had something that was good or okay for her with Nathan, it didn't, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't like, oh, it wasn't like a Tyler Perry movie where it's like, yeah, they had this really troubled relationship and now this new person is perfect and everything is cut print in the story happy ever, happy ever after. There were hiccups, there were points. And it showed the growth that Issa developed within herself to have the confidence to the point where it's like making decision-making is like, yes, could I see myself with Nathan? Could I see myself with him and have a life? But in order for her to be what I like to call healthy selfish, which I learned from my father is that she had to recognize in order for her to achieve where she's trying to go was never nothing necessarily Nathan's fault but in order for her to achieve where she wanted to achieve, she recognized that there was a cap on that. And that is a level of honesty within self and that you have to have with someone that you are seeing that a lot of people struggle to do because people will settle for good because they're afraid of finding great or be able to reach a max out their potential. Whether it's being personally, financially, job-wise, relationship-wise. So they'll settle for good because they've grown comfortable. Could Issa have very easily had a great relationship with Nathan? Sure. Could, she, could they have written the story where it worked? Yes. But ultimately, there's too many... So. Why not? I just feel like Nathan had too many other things that he still needed to work on. And it was basically going back to like beginning with Lawrence. Well, to, I can see that. Like To me, I think the reason why it ultimately didn't work in my eyes was the simple fact that I think Nathan was in a different point of his healing process yeah. than Issa and Lawrence yeah. were. And I think Issa, because of her growth and because of all the trials and relations, she probably read some part. I don't I, I forget if they showed it or not, or like deliberately like talked about it, but it's like she recognized like, hey, in order for me to do this, I need this level of stability or, hey, I need to be able to have this for my partner. And she finally knew what it was. And she knew that Nathan had more work to do, not because he 
was terrible and didn't want to do the work. It was just, she was at a point then where it was like, I can't go through this again, to your point, like with Lawrence. Do I think that she could have helped him? Yeah, because I've seen relationships like that. Ultimately, do I think that it was fine? Yeah. How it ended. Um, Mr. Smith. Yeah, I'll make it quick. I agree with you due to the fact that, like, if you, uh, I can't remember what episode it is, but when she grabs the wine and the food and she said, you know, uh, when he was talking about, oh, L.A. is so dramatic. I don't think I don't think my place is here. And she was like, oh, now I know what it is. I said, I love you. And you have not even yet to respond to it. And he got defensive. That right there was a red flag to her where she's like, okay, like I poured my heart out to you. I know what you've gone through and you're not even respect or trying to give it back to me. And it just kind of speaks to his character development where every time it gets tough, he disappears. Then after a couple of days or a couple months or whatever, then he'll come back and be like, yeah, can we talk? Uh, I, you know, I was tripping and, uh, you know, I, I, I really feel like we could do this. You know, I just want to let you know I, I, I was in my head, but like it was too many times that that kept happening. If it would have just happened. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, uh, no, I was going to say, if, if it would have happened after that first time where the dude just ghosted for like months and then came back and we all knew he had bipolar issues, fine. But it happened like two more times. And it's like, how often do you want to go through that for the rest of your life? I know I don't. I about to say, it's like, how many times do you want to be on that ride until, you have to, until you're ready to get off? Mm-hmm. I was going to say, it's not bad that he was experiencing that, but he also needs to recognize how that's affecting the people around him. And stop just recognizing it, but doing something about it. Right. He didn't have the tools in his toolkit to be able to fix it in a timely enough fashion to maintain the relationship with this person who did have those tools to deal with her own stuff. Now, let's um, switch switching gears real quick before we get into our last part. Um, I need to ask the guesses because I have my thoughts. How do you guys necessarily feel about her actually ending up with Lawrence? Because I have some opinions. Uh, Mr. Smith? So... I made a I made a prediction like when the season started. I said either she's going to end up with Lawrence or she's going to end up with nobody. That was my prediction at the beginning of the season because I was like, it's it's. I feel like it's perfectly written that it's going to end up that way, and it makes sense because they couldn't grow in season one because he was you know working on his app and was unemployed and doing small jobs and she's working and they were in that little apartment. But they broke up. And of course, when you break up, you're like, all right, I'm gonna get my shit together now. So now he's working at the startup companies and all that good stuff, getting his and, and slinging dick in the process. But we're not gonna go there. Good lord. But um, but you know, then then the fact that she had to grow from we got y'all, kind of what I had said, from we got y'all to doing the block and being that mogul, and now them coming back together, like, okay, I have my shit together. You have your shit together. And uh, that's what it was. The line that stuck out was, I don't know if this is going to work or not. And he and she was, he said, uh, do you think we should? Or do you think this will work or not? And she said, I'm willing to find out with you. That was a moment of transparency and truthfulness of like, I don't know what the future is going to hold, but I'm willing to experience it with you if you're willing to go on this ride with me. And that was communication at its finest. And I was like, okay, I see what y'all did there. So I, I'm team. I, I knew it was going to happen. Oh, that's fair. Uh, Kelsey? I actually did not. I thought she would end up by herself. 
Um, I'm definitely not mad at all that she ended up with Lawrence because I thought the way they did it was beautiful. But um, I going into probably up until the moment it happened, I really thought she would end up by herself. They really did. They really did a great job of like keeping us guessing because like I the way that like Issa was still going back and forth I was like nah she's not she's not too focused on either one of them to where I feel it's gonna like work out so now she's gonna end up by herself which will be totally fine she'll be just a mogul out here doing mogul shit which like, love to see. like yeah. oh exactly we love to see it but um but also I, I am really glad that Issa uh the character uh well and in real life found happiness um, and, uh, yeah, I, I'm fine that I'm fine with it being Lawrence. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I was definitely team Lawrence and I was happy that she ended up with Lawrence. I was a little worried when they brought in this year randomly at the end of the, in episode 10, I was worried <laughs> to end up with him. Um, but I was happy with the ending. I think that they both grew, um, in their own ways. I think that they needed to be apart in order to grow and be, you know, be one again. I think that that was necessary. All right, Mrs. Smith. This is just this is just a question for the ladies, right? To Is point, when Issa is in the bathroom and she's putting on the lingerie, and Nasia's waiting, and Lawrence calls. Have y'all had that moment where you just like, bitch, don't you pick up that goddamn phone? <laughs> Coach scientist speaking to the mic. Before I was. A fully taken woman. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Go ahead. I'm listening. There have been times uh-huh. where there was two different people uh-huh. contacting me at the same time. I was, I was saying, don't, 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 don't get scared now. It happens. Ah, huh, ah, ah. But it depends on which, it depends on like, so that's in a way, it's slightly different because that's Lawrence. And like that means, so it depends on who the person was calling also. Who's texting? Does that interrupt your flow or not? That plays a role. Okay. So like because it was because it was Lawrence, that definitely fucked up her mind. Mm. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> uh Kelsey? Me being me, I would have invited them both over. <laughs> we know we, we know Kelsey. We we know. Wait, bro, Daniel's ass in there too. Yes. Wow. <laughs> I forgot about Daniel. I, I did I not. I, I didn't forget. <laughs> I mean, he was he was outside out of mind. So um I did, did you want to comment on that? You don't have to if you don't want to. <laughs> okay, carry on. All right. So here, here's my thing. This is 100 percent a nitpick. This is not a great or anything Can else. Can I like say that. what it's gonna be? Are you sure? I, I think I, I, I know what it is. Okay, go ahead. It's because they jumped. They didn't give you the the conversation between the two of them. You didn't get to see them resolve. It just went to them being resolved. That is probably, but that's actually not necessarily where my nitpick is. Oh. So it's too. So I ultimately was team nobody, but it was not necessarily about being more on Nathan's side or more on not being against Lawrence is just for for me and this is a credit to the writing because you start to put yourself into the show as you connect with it I'm very much of a person that I don't retread old old tires I don't go back to old stomping grounds once I've decided to move forward and for me in my experience and I can't speak for others 
I find it very difficult that once I break off that bond or that relationship with another person to go back there, especially when there is a lot of emotional baggage there, because thankfully in this situation, they were able to work through and they grew, but I've seen way too many times where people try to retread it, not because they think it's like their actual one, but because it's comfortable is what they know. It's like, I'd rather, this is me settling for, I'll take this bag or I'll take this bag and I'll get this 80% of what I'm looking for instead of trying to step out to the unknown to try to find that 95, 100% of who I want. So although there is a big point of me having an issue with them having that conversation, it's also me, I'm like, I just, if I'm in that situation, I have to move forward because I'm very, if I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, like it was like my father told me, if you are doing the things that you're supposed to be doing you're, and you are going about things the way you're supposed to, the people who you're supposed to be around will naturally gravitate towards you. So I would believe if I've got my shit together, ultimately I can find someone who can either match or help me get to that next point. So that's kind of where my mind went for seeing nobody. Now, to your point about the conversation, yes, I had a issue, a very small issue, like nip it that although I said earlier that I love the conversations, there were so many conversations that were had about different growth things that ultimately I, I personally would have liked them have that conversation because everything in the show that showed me is like they took time to have those awkward conversations, whether it's when Issa and Molly started having their conversation when they had their falling out or when Issa and Lawrence had that conversation at her new office. Yes, they had that conversation, but ultimately I'm like, I think people who are going through this type of stuff would have enjoyed or would have liked them talking about, okay, so if we're going to do this, you have to know Ja is a part of my life. Condola in some level is always going to be part of this picture. How do we start off fresh? How do we start off new? Because in order for us to, this to work, we have to acknowledge what happened in the past, but be able to move past it. But again, like I said, that's me nitpicking. So I bring this to this last part so we can go ahead and start wrapping up this episode. Um, as a whole, we'll kind of go around the group. Um, how did this series influence you? I know we talked about it briefly at the beginning, but is there any like takeaways that you haven't already shared with our listeners? Um, <clears throat> so I'll go first and say that it's never too late to figure out what you want to do. Um, Issa was what, 29 going yeah. on 30? when she was still at we got y'all and didn't leave the and didn't leave for what two seasons maybe a season yeah. or two so you know along with that she had been dating lawrence for five years prior to the first breakup right so she was about 24 when they met yeah or right. they met in college didn't they no no because he oh, didn't exactly, go to stanford exactly. yeah. yeah you're right you're right you're right so that kind of spoke to my life a little bit you know like and i mean y'all know i was in a relationship since i was in my early 20s and going and have breaking up you know and learning learning at the age that i was at that is a transition that is something that's you know our parents didn't prepare us for you know and and that's also part of it is the fact that in life you don't know what's coming next and this season showed you that whether it was molly's mom getting a stroke whether it was Issa and Crenshaw regarding the, the show, whether it was the whole last episode, you don't know what life is going to throw at you. So all you can do is be there for the ones that you love, be there for yourself 
love yourself and just take it one day at a time. And that's literally how they did this. Also, I kind of felt myself in Lawrence, you know, black guy in tech, dress nice. And does that palm thing at the end of season one, but that's all I got to say about that. Now that, that, that palm, oh, yeah. Hippie, like his Jersey, that best buy shirt need to be hung in the rafters. Listen, I don't care what nobody said. Listen, every woman was like, Oh, Lawrence, that's what we do. <laughs> every woman said that at least once. I'm about to say, if you don't know, just, just, just watch season just one. Just go back to season one. Yep. Ooh, boy, because it ended on a note now. Uh, I'm mad. I like as soon as you said it, the freaking image came to my brain, too. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I chose violence. Yes, I see. Uh, Kelsey, you had something? Um, yeah. I forgot what it was. I, you want to go first? <laughs> yeah, I can go. Um, I really agree with what Mr. Smith said. I think that Issa shows us that, you know, we're not on anyone else's timeline. You know, we can grow in our own time. Um, take the time that we need in order to find ourselves, not only in our career, but also romantically through our friendships, um, you know, through the series, finding, thinking that certain friendships and relationships wouldn't last um, and finding out that in the end, everything works out, I think was um, a really good thing to see. And I really enjoyed that. Okay. Awesome. Um, I'll give my, oh, Kelsey, you got yours? Yeah. Um, I, I think what, like, I want to take away the most from this series is really just, like, how, how much of a game changer the series as a whole is, like, just for Black people. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like, just the fact that we were just having watch parties for this, having so many conversations around um, the around the conversations they were having, um, the fact that like it's it, it's really taken on a life of its own. And like I tried to describe uh, the series to my mom, who is incredibly old fashioned, barely watches anything that's not in black and white anymore, and um, and I try, and the best way I could describe it to her was living single. Um, it, which was another show basically about a group of friends just navigating life. And I love that now uh, because of Issa and everyone involved that we have our version of that for, um, yeah, for our generation. And yeah, I, I just wanna, I take away with this from the series, just how like iconic and game changing it was. Go ahead. I think for me, um, like Mr. Smith touched on, and no matter where in life you are, you can always do something. So in many ways, I state that Issa reminds me of me and a lot of the stuff that she's doing is like, oh, I want to do, I want to start something like this. I want to do something like this. So like this last season, I was like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Um, so like, it was cool to watch that. But the overall takeaway is she introduces to so many new people. Mm-hmm. that we didn't know about so like I one of my takeaways and how it influences me and now I love Yvonne Orji she's one of my most favorite people to listen to she's funny and I want to see what she's going to do next mm-hmm. um I want to see what Lawrence is going to do now people that maybe have been around but now this gave us a platform for us to see them Mm-hmm. I really, you know me, I like anything that's going to put anybody else on. Right. You're going to help as you climb, bring somebody else up. And this is what 
I mean, it influenced something that I already believed in and it mm. just touched on it a little bit more with this show. Mm. And before, you know, we end this episode, I need y'all to touch on that, that scene. Oh, that scene? You talking about barbecue? About the barbecue scene when I right. was really <laughs> arguing about Issa. All right, let me, Yo. all right, so, 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 so let me get, I'll give, I'll give my takeaway and then we can go into that scene and then we'll close out. So my takeaway from the series ultimately is when you are on your journey to discover both who you are and what you want to be, there's a couple of things that you always want to try to have in order to make this a successful journey. You want to both have your foundation. Like I like to call it your, your anchor, something that either your anchor or your compass, something that's going to keep you on focus and that's going to guide you on where you need to be. And then this show, a lot of times it was a friendship. Like you saw on multiple occasions when they had girls nights, that was always a recentering point for their relationships. But when they hung out together, their self-care Sundays, whether it was going out to dinner, whether it is having um, that, go, having one of those good old nights, like one of those college nights when they go back for the alumni weekend, like having those moments helps keep you centered in who you are so you don't get too far away, you start, don't start floating away from the boat or get kicked off the island. But ultimately having that and then being okay with the unknown, stepping out into that uncomfortable zone. Like I think we've talked about on previous episodes, like you have to be okay with being uncomfortable and taking chances both professionally and romantically, those spaces have to be uncomfortable sometimes because if it's comfortable, then you're not going to try something that you've never done before. And with that, I think Issa found that good healthy spot for herself and ultimately it bared fruit in time. It took some highs and some lows and it took her learning some lessons and the people around her took my learning some lessons in order for them to actually get it. But ultimately just finding that path and having your comments and be able to stay centered. Now, we would be remiss. You're right. Thank you, co-scientists, for reminding about this. So we got to talk about this barbecue scene. Now, mm. Mr. Smith, you may have to cut this and put this somewhere else, but you can do what you do. Mm -hmm. um, so the last part where Lawrence and Nathan basically have their showdown. So Nathan, they're all at the going away party for Tiff and her husband. And Nathan and Lawrence are all having this conversation with all the guys. So they all split off. So they're having a conversation about barbecue and what barbecue is the best. So it's an innocent conversation enough talking about food, whatnot. It started off innocent. It did. But um, so was it Lawrence or Nathan that started? Because yeah, I feel like I feel not, the first shot. I feel like it, Lawrence threw the first shot. Lawrence did. So it was really um Tiffany's husband. Right. They said he said, What are you gonna miss? He said, I would miss the people, the barbecue. And it was like, Oh yeah, LA got some good barbecue. <clears throat> and then um Dro brought up all the spots. Then Nathan came out of there. He was like, yeah, but they ain't got nothing on Houston. And, and um, Tiffany's husband was like, oh, yeah, you from Houston? Yeah, talk your shit. Y'all got the meats? And then that's when uh, <laughs> Lawrence came back and said, I mean, I still stick by L.A. L.A. got the, LA got some good barbecue spots. Followed by Nathan saying, yeah, but don't sleep on Houston. And then Lawrence with the first shot. I mean, Houston's barbecue must not be that good. Then I keep some people there. I was like, oh. Oh, and now, like you, you like you hear it in his voice. You're just like, um, oh no. Now, um, who whose friend is he? Um, is it? A, sorry, Issa's Issa's brother. Yes, Issa's brother, Issa's brother with her new booth that with his new booth thing that he met like thirty minutes ago. Kelsey, that was you in that moment. That was you. Thank you. That was you, Kelsey. That was you. 
Like, like that, my that, that thing. Some of these listeners' fathers. Yes. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he tries to break it up and interject to make to de-escalate, talking about I need to find a fresh cut because he knew that Nathan was a barber. Nathan, without saying, it, he was like, "Nah, we good. I can handle this." To uh, Issa's brother, so it was like, "No, no, 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 no." He wanted to pick a fight. I'm gonna end it. So he then proceeds. They're going back and forth, and then it was like, "Yeah, me and Issa were uh, checking out houses because we're gonna move in together." And in my mind, that was the mic drop. It was like. Yeah, you ain't got enough for this, Lawrence. <laughs> Fast forward to them getting in the argument because when Lawrence tried to express his feelings to Issa at the party, Nathan was about to give him the two pieces of biscuit. And I don't care what nobody say, Lawrence was about to get them hands. Nathan was in, not Nathan. Uh, Lawrence was in the wrong though. He oh no, the time oh, yeah. and place of everything. Time and yeah. place. I was like, Lawrence, what? Lawrence, come on. So that that made me think that that was like a sign to me. I'm like. Maybe she, man, I was like, maybe she's just going to be upset with both of them and just end it with both of them. That's what made me think Team Nobody. Right. And I, I agree with you on that. When that fight happened, I was like, that's how it's going to be Team Nobody as well. I agree with Coach Scientist. Even though I'm Team Lawrence, he was definitely in the wrong because there's a time and a place for that. But I'm sorry. Amal with that damn champagne drink as he's looking at Nathan, I literally was like, that would be Kelsey. That would literally be Kelsey. I can see it immediately. Yep, that's me. <laughs> but, I wish Kelly was over there. That would have been the icing on the cake. Oh, God. Uh, what were you going to say, Art? I would say, meanwhile, Torian's high as hell ordering, trying to order it on Uber. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> no, that's the other part. That's what we did. That, for my, one of my memorable moments, mm-hmm. right there, so I can't talk. That part, when she, um, when Dro come up, and Dorian yep. and Molly, and she was like, oh, this Dro, he go, oh, the one you fucked? Da, 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 da. Yeah. Yep. It was just so just like, boom, boom, boom. Matter of fact, I you. said, that's how why. In my mind, I'm like, that's how I knew. I'm like, and he didn't, like, when he heard all that stuff, like, out of the blue, granted, he was high, so he may not remember everything. It was great. He I didn't glitch. When that happened, I was like, oh, yeah, they ain't it for the long haul. Like, yep. he don't want. He don't yep. want. Like, there was- are moments when someone realized that person is the one. And Molly, you saw her face when he was like, oh, okay, cool. Drove just saying the argument was like, oh, I, dog, I was just trying to come here for, for, for the fellowship and the food. That and then just takes off. though? Them smashing that, that, that fried food. macaroni and cheese? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was, like, I was like, I'm mad. Because that, that just makes me giggle. I really. But I just want to end off with this. It was the fact that after Drove left, she was like, so did I make did I did I pretty much make it clear? He said, "Yeah." He's like, "Yeah, I don't give a shit about that." He's losing the past. I mean, after all, I did sell Adderall to half of my senior class. She was like, "I'm gonna need that story." I'm like, "That's how you know they good." That's like, right. like when you can tell when you can show every side of who you are to a person and they don't flinch. It's a beautiful thing. It is. It is. But um, listeners, you can you've heard us talk so much about it, and mind you, we didn't even get into maybe even half of what happened in this last season. Because I want to talk about each character for real. We might have to. Have, we might we make it a series to break down Kelly, each character. Because Kelly needs a whole episode of herself. So ultimately, listeners, what I want you to take away as our transparent moment is, as you kind of go and figure out your purpose and what you're doing in your life right now. Although we don't always want to look to use other sorts of mediums as our guiding point, but take some time. Whenever you have, like, you're having a down moment, I know we down in North Carolina about to get some snow and whatnot. Um, just take some time, rewatch it. And if you've seen the series and watched it as it progressed, just take some time and go back and look at the first season 
and just kind of examine because there's so many interconnecting things that there's payoffs from season one to season five that if you are any astute person of a good storyteller, you'll be like, I see what they did there. Like, we're not talking like Marvel interconnecting, like Easter eggs, all that stuff. That's his own thing. But solid, good Black storytelling from a Black perspective and Black lighting and Black artists and everything. Black and the Black, Black, I'm rooting for everybody who's Black. Just take time to look at that. I have that shirt. So just look at those moments and then just kind of look at the friendships. There's some lessons you can take away and you can apply to your life. Just try to do some self-examination and see if you are an Issa or a Molly or a Kelly or a Tiff or a Lawrence or Nathan or anyone else in the show. Just take those times to reflect and see, okay, they're going through these things. Maybe I need to try X, Y, and Z to be able to get uncomfortable so I can find that growth and become finally secure in who you are. And remember, you don't got to be just one of those characters. You might see yourself in all of them. I know I got a little bit of Kelly in me. And then my bougie side is Tiffany. Very much so. But <laughs> listeners, with that being said, God, I want to go ahead and thank all of our guests. Thank you to Nurse Joy, who joined us earlier. Uh, yet for joining us for the first time. Thank you so much for coming to Talk Shop. And hopefully you'll come back again because I know we're a little bit crazy, but we fun. And we're a little bit more entertaining when we have liquor in our system. Um, the red-headed assassin, our brother from the West Coast, slinging West Coast dick all over the place. Uh, the Dickler Supreme, Kelsey, thank you so much for being here. Um, it, it, it's always a good time when you're here with us and we're gonna get you back again for another episode. And Mr. Smith, thank you so much, man. You make this job so much easier and I don't say enough, but I appreciate you. Like always, so if you ever want to check us out on our social media, we are on the TNT Pod one, two, three on Twitter, Truth and Transparency Pod on Instagram, the Truth and Transparency Podcast on Facebook. And you can always email us at Truth and Transparency Pod one, two, three at gmail.com. And I would be remiss. And I, would, and I might have to do a, a promo for this. Please check out um, myself and Mr. Smith on the Chaotic Culture Podcast. We just had an episode um, that just dropped for them today, the day that we're recording our, this week's episode. It dropped this past Wednesday. So mm-hmm. check us out on there where we have conversations about Black podcasters. Really good time. A bunch of uh, Hamptonians getting together, fellowshipping. Um, we'll probably go ahead and take the link and put it in the show notes and we'll post it on our Instagram page for you guys to be able to click on. Um, but yeah, guys, if this podcast, oh, Mr. Smith, you have something? No, the other thing I want to say is for the listeners, um, if you have any thoughts of who you, as a, as a question, as a Mr. Smith question to you guys, who did you relate to in the show? Give it to us an instant, put a uh, DM us on Instagram or, or send us an email. Let us know who was a reflection of you in the show and, and how do it. Let's, let's have a conversation. Let's talk about it. Yep. So now, if this podcast is any no bigger than what it is right now, all of my guests, our sound engineer, my co-host, myself, if it gets no bigger than what it is right now, we are forever grateful. And with that being said, guys, um, be securing yourself, and we'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Peace. Bye. Bye. I loved Lawrence. And y'all know how hard it was for me to let him go. And then... When the baby was born, I didn't even reach out. You made the smart choice. But why was it the smart choice? Because she's not trying to be somebody's stepmom. <laughs> what that look like? Okay, I get that. But sometimes it's not about making the smart choice. It just doesn't make sense to you.
And it doesn't have to be the smart choice to be the right choice. <laughs>